today. The reading that we are having is from Jonah chapter 1 and the first three verses. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me, said the Lord. But Jonah ran away from the Lord, and he headed for Tarshish. But he went down to Topa, where he found a ship for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed to Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Good morning. Firstly, let me tell you, it is an absolute honour to be able to come and share with you today. I uh, brought my uh, wonderful family along, my wife uh, Renee and the kids, Monique, Joshua, Stephanie, Amy, Eden and Zoe. I don't expect you to remember all their names. Uh, if sometimes I can't do it, uh, then I'm not sure how you're going to either. Thank you so much for asking me to come and uh, preach with you today. Uh, I'm so glad you asked me to preach and not to come and sing. Uh, Liz has experienced firsthand this morning of my uh, singing ability, and uh, let me tell you, it was, it was quite awkward. <laughs> this morning, I'm going to share with you a little bit about a dream I once had, and how the events of that dream, now in hindsight, demonstrates the importance of being attuned to God and open to the word he sends us. Thank you, Dad, for reading the passage of Jonah, and I won't reread the entire passage other than just to highlight two key points in those first three verses. Point number one, the Lord came to Jonah saying, arise, go to Nineveh. And point number two, Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So the Lord came to Jonah and he said, arise, go to Nineveh, and Nineveh got up, uh, sorry, and Jonah got up and went in the complete opposite direction. Now, apart from Adam and Eve and the um, birth and the death and the res uh, resurrection of Jesus, Jonah and the whale is probably likely one of the most well-known stories in the Bible. We all learnt about it in Sunday school. And so I'm not going to elaborate further on it other than to point out that Jonah's choice to ignore God's guidance to go and speak to the people in Nineveh. And instead, he uh, chose his own direction, heading for Tarshish. And as a result, ended up being swallowed by a big fish. Now, our family have been uh, attending Gisborne Church of Christ now for a couple of years. And, and during that time, I've, uh, I've come to realise that the congregation there consists of a few ex-pilots. And that really excites me. And the reason that really excites me is because when I was a young boy, knee-high to a grasshopper, if you asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I would have told you I wanted to be an airline pilot. Aeroplanes amaze me, and the desire to be in control of such a magnificent machine was strong. But as I grew up, I soon came to realise that a heart condition I was born with would prevent me from ever obtaining the required Class 1 medical certificate to be able to fulfil that dream. Skip a few years and at the age of 19, after deferring my university studies due to ill health, I ended up joining the bank. 
decided I thought, oh, well, I'll go and join the bank and I'll, I'll, I'll do that till, till I decide what I really want to do. 24 years on, I'm still at the bank, still trying to decide what I really want to do. But that dream to learn to fly an aircraft was difficult to quash in a young man. And so at the age of 20, I sought the advice of my local GP about how I could investigate the possibility of obtaining an aviation medical certificate. Sadly, my GP stopped me in my tracks and he said, Mark, they would, they would just never approve a medical based on your condition. And so I drove home with my head between my knees, not literally because that would have been dangerous, but I drove home quite dejected. But like I said, it's really difficult to quash the dream of a young man. And so not long after, I made an appointment with a licensed aviation medical examiner. I was upfront about my condition and the impact it had on my life and the examiner was kind enough to complete the examination. I was required to provide additional medical reports from cardiologists and uh, the examination reports were submitted to the Civil Aviation Safety Authority for assessment. It seemed like forever and then one day I got a, a letter in the mail and it was from the Civil Aviation Safety Authority. And nervously, I opened the letter and read, Dear Mark, thank you for your application for a Class 1 medical certificate, blah, 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 blah. We regret to advise that your application is declined due to the following conditions, blah, 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 blah. And bam, it was like a kick in the guts. My entire life, all I wanted to do was to be able to learn to fly. And I tried to the best of my ability and yet I failed. And I reread the letter again and again. And I read the name of the assessment officer at the bottom of the page. And I read the phone number underneath his name. And I looked at the name, and I looked at the number, and I looked at the name. And so I picked up the phone and thought, well, I'll give this guy a call. So I rang up, rang the phone number, and lo and behold, the person who answered the phone was the same bloke who wrote that letter. And I said, hi, my name is Mark Leach and you just sent me a, a letter declining my application for Class 1 Medical Certificate. He's like, okay, he said. And so I said, why? Why can't I fly? And graciously, he was very good. He talked me through the examination and the reports and as to when, when we spoke about the impact the condition had and why they would be unable to approve such a medical certificate. And he said, Mark, there's one other... There's one other option, but I need you to go and get some additional reports from your cardiologist. And so I obliged, I gathered those reports and sent them back in for reassessment. Three days before my 21st birthday, I received another letter in the mail from the Civil Aviation Safety Authority. And this time it read, Congratulations, you've been successful in obtaining a Class 2 medical certificate with safety pilot. So what this meant was I was now allowed to learn to fly general aviation aircraft with the only requirement being to have another pilot alongside me. Needless to say, that dream from 15 years earlier would now become a reality. And so without delay, I began my flying training and later on I received an exemption that would allow me to fly solo to gain the required number of solo hours in order to be granted a private pilot's licence. And so the big day came, my very first solo flight. And the flight would be from Essendon Airport 
down over the Westgate Bridge, hang a right, give a little wave down to Williamstown Church of Christ on my way down to Point Cook Airfield, do a couple of touch and goes, turn around, come back and land at Essendon. So I arrived at the airport, walked out to my aircraft, which was a Piper Warrior PA-28, and I completed my pre-flight checks. Or at least I thought I completed all of my pre-flight checks. And it was less than 30 seconds after taking off from the runway at Essendon that the Essendon control tower was on the radio to me. Sierra Victor Whiskey, because that was my aircraft's call sign, SVW. Sierra Victor Whiskey, do you have your transponder turned on? And the moment they said that, my mind immediately cast back to my pre-flight checklist that I so meticulously complete before every flight. Turning on my transponder was the one step I missed. I can see you're all sitting there going, yeah, wow, what's a transponder? So the transponder is responsible for sending a signal of your location back to the control tower. So that when they look on their radar, they see you as a little green dot. If that transponder is not on, the tower is unable to locate you. The tower is unable to guide you safely through other air traffic. The tower is unable to caution you of impending hazards. Obviously, I flicked the switch to turn the transponder on and immediately the rest of the flight went without any problem. Now, I'm not going to refer to God as our control tower. Control is not what God wants of us. He makes it quite clear that we have free choice. But I want to ask you this question. Is your transponder turned on to God? Are you sending a signal to God that says, Here I am, God. Guide me, Lord. Direct me, Lord. Show me the way. You see, if we don't have our transponder turned on to God, how can we be sure the choices or the flight path we are choosing to take in life is safe? How can we be sure our decisions will not impact on others? How can we be sure we're not headed for disaster? I want to share with you a story of an example of having your transponder turned on to God. At our previous church in Sunbury, Renee and I were heavily involved in a number of ministries within the church. And we were going at it pretty hard. We, uh, either one of us would be involved in the service in some way or other every three weeks in every four. We'd approximately have one week a month where we were not rostered on for some activity and all this while we are trying to raise six kids. Comparing our life to an aircraft, we were flying at, at full throttle. There we were, flying along, involved in the church, raising six kids, Renee in the captain's seat, me second in command. I don't know why, but that was all, always seemed to be the seating position, Renee in command, me following along. And so there we were, <laughs> flying along, and God radios in to Renee, because she has her transponder turned on, right? And God radios in, and he says... Turn to heading 300 degrees, descend, land at Gisborne, you need to rest and refuel. And so Renee relays this message to me and I'm like, what, 
what do you mean to send, land, rest and refuel? We're, we're flying at full throttle. I don't see what the problem is. I've got plenty left in the tank. I don't need to rest. We're involved in this ministry, in that ministry. You're a leader in this. I'm a leader in that. We're doing what God has called us to do. But the call was there. Turn to heading 300 degrees. Descend, land, rest and refuel. And yet there's been many times in my life where I've questioned God. Why God? Why are you asking me to do this? Or why is this happening to me? And we don't always know why he wants us in certain places. And hindsight is an incredible thing. Renee, the kids and I ended up obeying God. We left our existing church at that time. And we headed for and landed ourselves at Gisborne Church of Christ. We went to uh, Gisborne in the first week. I remember uh, talking to the the pastor there, Paul Crothers, for the first time. And I said, "Uh, we're just here because we need to rest. And I actually didn't believe it. But that's what God told us. We needed to rest and refuel. About a year after we arrived at Gisborne Church of Christ, our lives was was, uh, turned upside down. About a year after we arrived in in Gisborne, Renee was diagnosed with brain cancer. You see, God saw that the flight path we were on in life was headed straight for a massive storm. God knew what what was about to occur, and he knew that Renee myself and the kids would need a different level a, a different level of support to get us through the storm that was approaching now let me be clear i'm not comparing churches here i'm not saying one church is better than the other i'm simply saying god saw that the people we would need in our life at that time were the people in gisborne it's not better it's not worse it's just different Can you imagine if we didn't have our transponders turned on to God? If we didn't have a relationship with him, where would we be now? We'd be in the middle of that storm, trying desperately to hold on to our lives and keep it all together. Having a relationship with God, having your transponder turned on to him, doesn't make the storm go away. It doesn't make life easy. But what it does do is ensure that you are equipped with the resources you need to get through any situation that comes your way. Is your transponder turned on to God? So how? How do you turn your transponder on to God? Step one, plain and simple. Have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you haven't asked Jesus into your life, now is the time. Right now, without him, you are flying solo. You don't know where you are headed, and without him, you don't know where you can go to rest and refuel. Step two, read your Bible. The day of my first solo flight, the reason I didn't turn the transponder on during my pre-flight checks is because I just didn't have the pre-flight checks ingrained into my mind. The Bible is our pre-flight checklist. Studying it ensures you are prepared to encounter the turbulence that comes your way. 
And step three, pray. If the control tower is unable to see you because you don't have your radio turned on, how will you know what he's saying to you? I've got a short passage for the teenagers for a minute, if there are any here. And if not, if you've got, maybe you've got some teenagers at home and I would encourage you to get them to listen to this message. And I want to speak to them for a moment. And I was fortunate enough to have been raised in a Christian home. You can probably imagine what it was like living at home with Lynette and Apple. <laughs> and so for my, most of my life, I've had my transponder turned on to God. But, you know, there were times where I chose to turn the transponder off, all right? Because, and, and it was at their age, at the teenage age, there were things that I didn't want God to see in my life, you know. So I'd flick the switch, pretend in my own little world that he couldn't see the things I was doing. See, turning your transponder on to God is so important for you right now, particularly for the teenagers who are, you know, coming towards the end of high school, starting to work, and then turning 18. You see, you've been flying in the backseat your whole life. Your parents have been the ones who have been in control of the flight of your life. But now, you're getting older. You've got your pilot's licence, and you're about to start flying solo very soon. There are big choices you're going to have to make. As you leave high school, you need to decide which of those relationships you want to continue with into adulthood. As you meet a partner, you're going to have some very strong temptations. Even those of you still in school, there might come a time where you have to make some pretty tough decisions about what activities you want to participate in. When you start socialising with mates outside of school, where will that be and what will you do? I already told you I had my transponder turned on. Some days, flick it off. Come Sunday, switch it back on again. And for the adults, I want to share with you a, a brief story. A few years back, it was a usual Saturday morning at home and Renee was heading out for the day and she said to me, oh, while I'm out, would you mind vacuuming the floors? I said, sure, no worries. You go out and I'll vacuum the floors. And Renee stopped and she said, no, I want you to vacuum the floors. Properly. <laughs> okay, right, I'll vacuum the floors. So Renee went out, off she went, and I vacuumed the floors. Renee comes home later in the day, opens the door, takes one step and says, you did vacuum. And I said, I did, I did vacuum. Then what's this, she said, as she pulled the door away from the wall. And there you could see behind the door was a thin line of dust. By properly, Renee meant vacuuming behind the doors as well. And it made me wonder how many of us have a little bit of dust behind the doors? How many of us clean up our lives but just leave that little bit of dust behind the door? If you don't have your transponder turned on to God, that dust will accumulate. What are we doing in our lives behind those closed doors? Come Monday tomorrow, will you flick the switch off on your transponder? Turn it back on next Sunday morning? Tell Athel that you read the whole of Jonah? 
A lot like Jonah, who, when guided by God to go to Nineveh, instead he chose to turn his transponder off and head for Tarshish. We read in uh, Jonah chapter 4, verse 2, as the reason why he decided to venture to Tarshish rather than Nineveh, because Jonah knew of God's mercy and forgiveness. Jonah said, that is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love. Jonah soon discovered that you can't actually run away from God. Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord, from Jeremiah 23:24. Jonah's attempt to escape from God was doomed to fail. He soon realised God was with him everywhere he went, even in the stomach of the big fish. God knew where Jonah was and could hear his prayer. We are not to run from God, but to him. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Not a control tower, but a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. When you have your transponder turned on to God and he works a miracle in your life, or for example, in the case where he led our family through the storm, you can't help but fall at your knees and acknowledge him as Lord and Saviour. When you rise out of bed tomorrow and the day after and the day after that, I want you to conduct your pre-flight check. Is your transponder on? Do I have a relationship with Jesus? Have I read his word? Have I spoken and waited on him? I didn't tell you this but earlier, but the uh, transponder actually has another function. It's the standby option. When turning your transponder to standby, the tower can see you but has little information about you. Standby is not safe to fly in. It's not safe to fly with your transponder on, on standby. Usually you will use the standby option when you're still on the, on the tarmac on the ground and you're taxiing towards the runway just before you are cleared for takeoff. Is that you? Are you? Is your transponder switched to standby, waiting for him to clear you for takeoff? I tell you right now, you are clear for takeoff today. If that's you, lining up on the runway, waiting to make your first solo flight, now is the time. You are clear for takeoff. Flying an aeroplane has been one of the greatest thrills of my life. There will be turbulence. There always will be. There will always be some dust behind the doors. But at least I know, provided I have my transponder turned on, provided I continue to clean up my life and vacuum behind the doors, I will be guided the safest passage through this flight in which we call life. If you need Jesus to guide you through a certain area of your life today, I encourage you to taxi on up as the music team come and play our final song. And I'm sure we'll have someone here who can pray with you as you take off with Jesus today. God bless you.